Hello and welcome to the Flight of the Champions podcast. This is the show where listeners come to learn all about the art of one-locked racing. My name is Jeff Armand and I am your host. Good afternoon to our listeners. Welcome once again to one of our podcasts. It's the Flight of the Champions coming to you from Victoria Falls. And today I'm very pleased to tell you that we have a special guest from the United States. That's Frank McLaughlin. Many of you know Frank. He's He's been in the sport for many years and he's a well-known pigeon fancier. He's a shipper of pigeons and has shipped for the big races for some time. And he also has an auction site, Best Pigeons, which uh, he sells a lot of really good top quality pigeons on that website. Now, in addition to that, Frank has a YouTube channel. Now, anyone that want, uh, wants to log into it, they can find it on the internet. And it's uh, Frank McLaughlin. And I think, correct me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong, uh, uh, Frank, we, how do people find your YouTube clip? I guess it's McLaughlin Lofts. McLaughlin Lofts. And uh, I'm sure Frank McLaughlin will bring it to my YouTube channel also. Okay, well, thank you for that. So McLaughlin Lofts, what uh, Frank does on that channel is he, he has thousands of viewers and subscribers, and he has some very, very interesting information about pigeon racing in general. This podcast that we're doing is more specifically about one loft racing and Victoria Falls uh, in particular. So we're going to touch on a few uh, topics here, but just as a preamble before we do that, there's uh, often a misconception as to where we are and what we do. Now, to give to give everyone a, an idea of that, Zimbabwe is a landlocked country in Africa. There are 54 countries in Africa. It's a huge continent. It covers 30 million square kilometers, which is for the benefit of those people that work in miles. It's 11.7 million square miles. Now, the United States is a huge country, and I know a lot of the viewers are from the USA, but to, to try and give you an idea, the United States is one-third of the size of Africa. So as many people that enter races in Africa, traditionally they've been entering races in South Africa, and they think that many of them are confused as to to where it is. Uh, South Africa is south of Zimbabwe, and it has a lot of pigeon fanciers and very well known for its one-loft racing. But we're a separate country completely. So the difficulties that one may face Getting pigeons into South Africa doesn't really affect uh, Zimbabwe. So I think people should realize that. I know there are a number of people think that shipping to Africa is difficult, but it's not difficult to Zimbabwe. So I want you to, to understand that as well. This last season, we've had uh, quite a lot of difficulty, uh, extraordinarily high, actually, bringing pigeons in because some of the birds are rooted through South Africa. Uh, although we do have direct routes, but they've had an unprecedented uh, AI challenge, and that has made everybody nervous. When I say AI, we're talking about avian influenza. has uh, made uh, our veterinary department and disease control a little bit more cautious about imports. So that has impacted to quite a large extent on us. People have been wary about uh, and afraid of of long periods in quarantine because the birds can't move around as freely as they would normally move. So other than that, we don't really have shipping issues or problems that we, we face. 
Now, just back to Frank. Thank you, first of all, Frank, for joining us after that long spiel. We're really <laughs> pleased that you could come in. So I'll ask you specific questions. Now, you, you have been entering one-lot races in many places, and particularly in Africa, the one we need to really concentrate on. And, and can you sort of mention your experiences with one-lot racing in, in Africa? Well, for me, I started... I got interested in the million dollar race in South Africa. Uh, it was at the time it was the Sun City million dollar race. And that was my first, you know, step into international one loft racing, along with I started the exporting to that race. So that was my first introduction back over 20 years ago now. I love Africa, especially Zimbabwe. I mean, every trip has been just super for myself and I've taken the family multiple times but I have been involved for yeah over 20 years with races in Africa. Now I think it would be true to say that that the races here are different to those that you'd find on the continent uh, and also in the United States uh, in many respects but we do find it particularly difficult and a lot of people have found it difficult so i mean from that point of view what do you really think makes it that much more difficult in the u.s the races are fairly easy for the most part i mean the country is except for a couple of mountain ranges the country's flat and it seems like one loft racing in the u.s is pretty easy in zimbabwe it seems like there's you know whether there's more obstacles but it's it's a it takes a tough pigeon it takes a pigeon with endurance and you know with the series and the training i don't know it's a special animal that can compete in zimbabwe and uh, i guess we're trying to always figure out why it's it's so difficult there but i know your final race usually is is not easy and the best birds will shine in the final which makes it exciting nobody wants to see 40 birds on a drop which we do see occasionally here in the U.S. big drops very fast and uh, makes for a lot of happy people. But in the long run, when you're dividing the prize amongst 40 or 50 birds, it's it's no big deal. Frank, we're talking about the fact that the it suits some pigeons and not others. Of course, that's what we try and select. We're trying to find good birds that can, can race in these conditions. Not everyone wants to race in these sort of conditions. But in any event, we were lucky enough to have you grade the pigeons after the final race uh, for sale. Uh, what were your impressions of the birds that, that actually made the grade? Well, I handled well the top several hundred, and I was impressed. The feather quality was like the birds never raced. I and mean, they went through such a tough series and such a long period of training. And the health and condition and the feather quality is what impressed me more than anything. I didn't expect it. I expected dry, worn feathers, and the feather were nearly was really perfect on all the pigeons. Uh, the health was very impressive, and majority of the birds seemed to be yellow-eyed pigeons, which I thought was interesting also. A lot of yellows, some pearls. Most of the birds that scored were you know, medium size, but there were some right in the top 10. There were some large pigeons. Again, I didn't expect to see a bigger pigeon 
perform and score in the final, but there were some pigeons that were good size. I was pleasantly surprised and also lucky enough to see the quality. The birds that finished, every bird that finished really had excellent, excellent qualities and health and impressive group. Now, would you say that uh, a lot of that is to do with actual genetics uh, that's put those birds up in that bracket uh, rather than just the actual management of the lot? The genetics we're looking for, quality pigeons, would that sort of translate into the feather quality and the muscles and so on that you that you saw yeah no that's that's a good point because i've i've said for years that like one loft racing is genetics racing because they're all under the same conditions and yes i think that the highest quality birds with the best genetics, the best feather that could take the training and the probably are the ones that popped and did the best of the race. So yeah, that that's a good point. I mean, the, the cream came to the top and that's what everybody is striving for. And I even, I've seen whereas you bring birds through a quarantine, like into the US and they're quarantined for several months and some of them bounce out of the quarantine like, they the day they went in they're perfect there's look like rags you know just some pigeons don't have the constitution of the genetics to take whatever they're you know up against so a lot of it is the genetics but you you also have to do the conditioning and the care that you provide on that end well you know what we found over the years is that you know it's not it's not the bottom end of the line in terms of cost and people have been more selective and, and I think realizing also that it's not that easy. I think quality of the birds is improving, which is pleasing for us. Um, I wanted to ask you about the shipping, Frank. With your expertise in shipping and the many years you've done it, what sort of pointers do you think are relevant to to people that are breeding birds and sending them. And, and of course, it's, it's, it would apply everywhere, but more particularly in the United States where you've got uh, a postal service and birds are in that basket sometime two or three days and, and so on. What's, what would you say needs to be done with those birds before you ship them? Well, like for the U.S. fanciers, I, you know, I advocate that they only have maybe six weeks with the pigeons. So... The best possible care has to be given to the breeders, the vitamins, the minerals, like the youngster has to have everything it needs. Um, the other thing which I, I feel is most important would be the paramyxo virus vaccine. And more recently, I've been pushing the PMV rota vaccine. And a lot of the one-loft races here in the U.S. Have, having, have been having very good luck using the PMV rota combination. So. Before you send them off and off race, you want to make sure that you've at least vaccinated one time, maybe around weaning with the PMV and Rota vaccine, or at the at the least the PMV vaccine. And then don't ship them too young. Many of the fanciers like to send them too young to the one loft races. I suggest usually not before six weeks old to send them to the export or let them build some natural immunity, let them get stronger before you send them to the exporter. And it really helps with the whole process. You know, we're sort of limited here to one lot racing and your contribution is great. I, I really appreciate that. And just for the, the viewers' benefit, I watch your YouTube clips. and They're really, really good. And it covers all aspects. So if people want to know about Pigeon racing in general, you speak to Frank. He answers it, he takes questions, and so it's, it's quite nice, it's interactive in that respect. 
In regards to Victoria Falls, um, if you do have any questions, you drop us a line. You can do it on our info thing and just send us a, an email and we will attempt to, to answer any of those questions. And it will be actually useful to have that. If you have questions on these podcasts of Flight of the Champions, we, we will address them when we've got a few together. But just going back to Frank, if, uh, if you get hold of him, uh, you will learn a lot, I can tell you. I mean, I certainly have, and I, I appreciate it, and I, and I thank you for that, Frank. In conclusion, I, I want to just ask, Victoria Falls is, is, is well known as a, a holiday venue, and you've been here, I think, three times. Uh, I just want to touch on that for a second, because it's on most, well, it should be on most people's bucket lists. We really go the extra mile to try and uh, entertain people when they come to our final race. And so, I mean, your experience of that, Frank, and your recommendations to the listeners about coming to Victoria Falls and to our final. For me, I tell, you know, all the Americans and I tell everybody worldwide, if they're listening to me, that you have to enter the race once and go because you won't regret it. I mean, I always enjoy South Africa, but I love Zimbabwe much more now than South Africa. Um, the people are so friendly. Victoria Falls is an amazing, whatever wonder of the world it is, to see the falls alone is incredible. The race, you guys put on an event where we all feel like family, and it's, it's intimate, and it's personal, and it's first class, and I love it. My family loves it. I took my son alone this year, and he's hoping to come back next year, but yeah, there's there's nothing like it. Everybody should have their bucket list to see the big game, to be on the Zambezi River, and uh, the hospitality and the people are just you know just wonderful. And uh, you really everybody has to do it at least once. And I advocate that. And most people think it's far or they're afraid. And Zimbabwe is a lot safer than the USA if you can believe it. And uh, you should go and definitely give it a try if you're out there thinking about it. Yeah, thank you for that, Frank. You know, everyone says, uh, is it safe? And my answer to that, it's not safe if you walk around at night and walk into an elephant. But, I mean, in terms of the people, it's it's really safe. I think that's the biggest fear with a lot of international travelers, that they have a misconception that it might not be safe. And you're right. The only worry would be you, you can't be wandering around at night because of the animals, because the animals are part of... You know, they're just pot. They're there. And you never know what you're going to see, which makes it so much more exciting. But, yeah, a wonderful destination, and uh, we love it. I'll be back again this summer. I'm hoping that I can uh, take a pile of Americans with me because, you know, they'll be thrilled if they go. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, just for the viewers' benefit, we've got a lodge on our property, which was built by my partner, but it's really part of us. And we have that thing entirely booked out for our race week. But the space is limited. And we're having to really twist the manager's arm to keep us rooms because there's quite a lot of interest. Since COVID came to an end, uh, everyone has this idea they must travel. And, you know, some of the places are booked, booked up two years in advance now. So for us to block out a week... Uh, in the middle of that, it's uh, it's not an easy ask. But anyway, that's that's what it is. So if if you want to, you drop us a line and you can book in and uh, and hopefully we will have space for you. 
but we certainly will try uh, and make alternative plans if if we fill up. So I think that really is uh, the end of it for us for today, Frank. I, I want to once again thank you for joining us on Flight of the Champions, and we really hope that uh, people enjoyed this particular episode, and please remember to tune in to our social media channels, uh, the podcast. There are a number of podcasts available to look at. If you go onto our website and click up on the top bar, there's a green tab that says podcast. Click on that and it has all the the podcasts that we've done uh, over the last 12 weeks. So uh, we'll continue to do that as long as we have material we we can talk about. You know, until next time, thank you and bye for now. Please visit our website at www.victoriafallswcpr.com to learn more about how to enter the Victoria Falls World Talent Pigeon Race. And remember to follow our social channels to stay up to date on this exciting World Class event. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Victoria Falls WCPR. Thank you for listening and bye for now.